Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal, who's feeling in tip-top shape. Is that right, Bill? A little cold. I sound worse than I am, so don't, no, no need for sympathy. That's what, that's I'm what telling I'm you, the White House slipped something in your water. I'm very nervous about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. By the way, I, uh, some people think that someone needs to slip something into the Republicans' water to get them juiced back up. There seems to be almost a uh, malaise, if I can steal a word from former President Carter, when it comes to the Republicans' attitude about no- November. Yeah, I think people look closely at some of these state polls, and I've tried to look, take a look myself, and um, it is a little worrisome. There's a little slippage, certainly the momentum from earlier, in the sense that this is just going to be a wave election. It might be, it might well be. But an awful lot of Republican candidates, and more importantly, I'd say the Republican Republicans who run the House and Republican leadership in the Senate as well, are sitting around waiting for the wave to hit. They're not framing issues. They're not forcing votes. Uh, the Democrats are raising their issues. They're mostly stupid issues, but nonetheless, if you know something beats nothing, uh, and Republicans, I'm I'm worried of being too passive. Um, some of the candidates are being too passive, but I'm I'm even more worried about the Republicans here in Washington. You know, in Obamacare, there's so many vulnerable parts of it to attack. It's not enough to just say repeal. You should say replace. For one thing, they should really come out more strongly with for some of these alternatives, especially, I'd say, the one that, that we mentioned in the editorial. Again, Jeff Anderson mentions again this week, the 2017 project, positive alternative uh, to Obamacare. But also, there are particular things to go after, the, the, the kickback, the slush fund for the insurance companies. Republicans should be looking to get rid of that. It would actually do great damage to Obamacare. It's a great populist issue. Why should the insurance companies be guaranteed against losses? Um, and yet, you know, well, gee, the insurance companies are telling the Republicans don't cause trouble, and Republicans think, well, maybe better not to get in any of these complicated fights. Where are the Republican, you know, alternatives to Dodd-Frank, to banking reform? Where are the populist messages on these issues? There are individual senators and congressmen doing some things, but the party as a whole looks... Um, pretty, I think, a little complacent and a little passive, and therefore it's a little worrisome. Uh, this week we had uh, an announcement that there are rate hikes coming for people's right. insurance, and it was interesting listening to the you know, media talk about ABC went in pains to point out it's not just Obamacare you know, ins- uh, insurance that's going up, everyone's insurance going up, doing the work for the Democrats of disconnecting Obamacare from this rate hike. Why in the world wouldn't Republicans grab that rate hike and and do two things? One, wrap it around every candidate who supported Obamacare and voted for it. And two, say here's another way to deliver health care without these uh, cost increases or not big as cost increases or maybe even lower costs. You've got a one-two punch there, Bill, and I didn't see anyone put on a glove. And number three, the real rate hike is higher because a lot of additional taxpayer funds are going through this back door right. of the insurance uh, risk corridor, not through the actual rate hikes on the, on the people buying insurance. Absolutely. I mean, they've gotten a little passive, and, and um, look, if you just sit back and you're a Republican, the media will start to shape the narrative. The media is pro-democratic, pro-liberal. Uh, they still do have the White House. We can all sit around saying President Obama's doing badly, but, you know, he's President of the United States. He has some ability to force coverage of things, especially, again, when the media is compliant. You put those things together, if you're not on offense, you really are playing defense. It's more true of Republicans than of Democrats. You've got to be on offense. They don't have to have everything worked out. The 2016 agenda, that's a different story. That has to be much more comprehensive. But I am worried about this sort of um, passivity. I'd also say this. I was at at the Manhattan Institute Dinner in New York Monday night. Terrific event. Uh, You know, it's a great think tank, a lot of conservative reform, a lot of donors, a lot of activists, a lot of scholars, politicians. But the two politicians who spoke were Paul Ryan and Jeb Bush. I'm a 
very close to Paul Ryan. I'm a, you know, I have a great deal of respect for Jeb Bush. But I've got to say, I talked to a bunch of people after their speeches, and they were flat. They were fine. There was nothing. There was a word in it that you and I probably disagree with, really, in either speech, except for Jeb Bush's defense, maybe, of the Common Core. But they were just kind of a laundry list of things we're for and sort of complaints about Obama. There was no vision. There was no nothing bold, nothing daring, nothing that made you sit up and say, well, that's an idea. Or not, or not a story or a narrative the way Reagan would have had, or Clinton would have had, right. where you would have thought, or even Obama had sometimes, at least when he was running, you know, where you think, okay, I kind of see where this guy wants to take the country. It was, it was a little dispiriting and, and worrisome. And when you have the former vice presidential nominee, and not that Paul Ryan's career is over by any stretch, but you take a former, and then you take a Bush, it's as bad. I mean, did they find a member of the Reagan family to bring up to? No, Maybe get an Eisenhower was, to come up? I mean, how probably, about forward looking? How about a Scott yeah. Walker? How about a Ben well, Sass, fresh off his they, win? Somebody no, I who's know. new. That was, that was, well, they just decided to honor these people. And that probably gave it a slightly different coloration. You know, if you watch Ben Sass's acceptance speech Tuesday night, that was much more. Uh, he's a, a, a great candidate. He won right. a huge victory. He'll be a great senator. He'll win easily in November. And he's the kind of, if you get him in the Senate, I mean, part of me thinks this will be a very good year, and partly because I think it'll just it'll be a good Republican year. Partly because they're getting a lot of good candidates in a lot of these races. Some of them have more establishment, some of them more Tea Party, but in both cases, higher quality than the right. establishment or Tea Party candidates who showed up two or four years ago. If you get a Senate with Tom Cotton and Ben Sass and Dan Sullivan and Joni Ernst um, and several of these other people, incidentally, you could have a very interesting, high-quality, younger Republican conference as well as being in the majority. So... But these candidates, I, feel, I kind of feel that they even themselves a little bit constrained by the fact that no one in Washington is doing anything. So the message is sort of, don't take a risk. You know, just you, attack Obama, that'll be enough to win. And I'm not, I mean, I, it, it's certainly a good start. And if you're in a red state, it might be enough. But Iowa, Michigan, Virginia, all these other states, it's going to need more of an agenda. Now, there's plenty of time, and I think these candidates are working on it. They could use a little help from the people in Washington, and especially the House Republicans. I come back to Boehner and Cantor, not to blame them, but they are the one group right. of Republicans who have levers, who have power, who could pass legislation. The media will say, oh, it'll just die in Harry Reid's Senate. Well, fine, let them say that. There's still candidates out in the country who can say, see, this is the kind of thing Republicans would do. If you send me to the Senate, we'll pass this House legislation that takes away the slush fund from the insurance companies. Right. Well, uh, one quick uh, note about Harry Reid. I mean, I, I would ask if you thought he jumped the shark, but apparently, no matter how far he jumps, the media move the shark. When you get to the point where you're ready to amend the Constitution in the name of fighting, uh, you know, a couple of brothers in the energy industry, how that is as whatever looniness has ever been ascribed to the Tea Party, that that's even beyond it. Yeah, no, and I think Republicans should ridicule him and take him on, but you know, if they don't take him on, he says these things, he rallies the base, he doesn't really pay a price. His PAC has raised a ton of money, uh, you know. From wealthy liberals, and also I think twisting some arms with some businesses that want to make sure the Democratic Senate, you know, looks well on them. Um, and they are just running negative campaigns against cotton in Arkansas and elsewhere, and they're doing some damage. And the Republicans are being a little more timid, I'd say, in the way they're uh, they're spending their money on the outside. Again, I think a lot of this is fixable, and I think a lot of this right. will be fixed. It's probably more of a lull, uh, a bit of a dip, you know, than anything else right now, but. I do think it just reminds you, especially for conservatives and Republicans, you can't afford to to, to, to paddle, you know, to, to tread water, to do the dog paddle, because but, it, but Bill, it, Bill, the, what the environment two, isn't, isn't even. But what do those two things have in common, the Obamacare rate hike and Harry Reid's 
I want to amend the Constitution, which makes normal swing voters, unaligned voters, just go, what? They're both two big fat targets that were presented by the Democrats. And where was any? Where was a Republican effort to take the free gift? It's one thing to have to go out and create topic, but here's here are free gifts, and that's what I think is. It's not just we're not going out and and making our case. It's people are giving you things, and you're not even stopping to pick them up and take that moment of opportunity to pick up a few more votes from a few more swing moderates who say, you know what, you're right. Those guys are not getting the job done. They are out of control. Right, and and the sum of these things is more than the uh, the whole is more than the sum of the parts. Exactly. That is, I mean, you, it's not that you pick up you know votes A through D by attacking on health care and votes E through right. uh, G by attacking Harry Reid. It's that voters get a sense that hey, here's a party that's got some spunk, that's got some fight, that has an alternate vision, that's really willing to fight the powers that be in Washington. And if you don't fight, if you wait to, for your consultants to come back with the focus groups and the polls before you say anything about anything, the voters look and they say, well, both parties seem kind of pathetic, and then maybe I'll reelect that guy who's been there for six years or 12 or 18 years because, you know, he's done a couple of things for the state and he seems like a decent guy. And right. that's the real risk for Republicans. Right? Sure. Uh, uh, speaking that. of the two parties, the two parties right now are currently joined in their horror over what's happened at the VA where you've had uh, 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 military veterans die because of uh, poor treatment, uh, uh, documents doctored, the people who've revealed, the whistleblowers have are, are now saying they're being threatened and in trouble. And there was this really embarrassing moment uh, for someone, I, I work with Fisher House, which is a veterans uh, uh, yeah. uh, charity, to watch uh, Secretary Shinseki say, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm going to have a study about it. He should have just stood up and said, I failed my men, I resign. Uh, does anyone in Washington ever lose their job anymore, Bill Crystal? Well, you wonder about it, and I mean, it is ridiculous that Shinseki hasn't resigned. It's ridiculous that Obama hasn't fired him. Right. And this isn't about politics. This is just normal accountability. This is bipartisan. This is not a political agenda of, you know, giving good care to our veterans. And for me, this, the straw that broke the camel's back on this, I mean, hospitals can make mistakes. Right. But government bureaucracies can be incompetent. The doctoring of the documents. Exactly. Fraudulent, uh, you know, really, you know, uh, covering up of what had happened. That's intentional. And when it starts to happen at four, five, six, seven different places scattered around the country, it's not just some guy somewhere deciding I'm going to do it, right? I mean, somehow that's the culture or, or there was a, even orders to do it. So I, I think it's, it's, it's bad. I, I give credit to the vets groups, Concerned Veterans for America and others who've really been on this for a while. This is a case recently where it shows that oversight matters. Jeff Miller, the Republican chairman of Veterans, of the Veterans Affairs Committee in the House has done a great job on this. And the Democrats have been responsible and have gone along because they don't, I think they believe it's an outrage and they certainly don't want to look like they're defending, you know, what's happened at the VA. It shows how much you can do with aggressive oversight, though. And I wish a lot of Republicans who run other committees in the House were doing anything comparable. Where are the hearings on what's going on with HHS and the insurance companies? Where are the hearings about what's going on with the banks and, and the Treasury Department, uh, the collusion under Dodd-Frank? Uh, a great point. The, all the opportunities are there. So I guess it's going to take at least one more podcast in the future, Bill Crystal, to straighten them out on Capitol Hill. Yeah, just one. Though. I, think, <laughs> I think if we do this again early next week, there they'll be fine. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please, please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.